0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown!
0: Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor, to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown!
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here
1: we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby.
0: How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, three-time pro bowler Kyle Bosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Well, it
2: was right there until it wasn't. The Cardinals gentlemen played good football on Sunday until they didn't. And it's often said it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And the Cardinals unable to finish off the Chargers, losing 25-24 to drop to 4-8 and eight as we enter the bye week. But no off time for us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seat Geek. your ticket to great seats as we look back at what happened on Sunday, Cardinals led at the end of the first quarter, they had a 17-14 lead at halftime, but with 13-31 to go in the game after the Cardinals scored to take a lead 24-17 the offense failed, the defense unable to come up with one more stop, and here we are losers of two in a row and four of their last five, and for you, Kyle, when you look back at those 60 minutes in week 12, what stands out to you the most?
3: Well, the hard part for me is that there was a lot of good things coming out of this game. Um, you, you know, you came out, you physically dominated uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, this offensive line, with all they had to deal with in the past week, came out and opened up some huge run lanes. James Conner looked like. Uh, vintage James Connor running the ball hard um, and the defensive line was disruptive. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Austin Eckler who can um, you know sometimes when when he is rolling he can beat you himself. Got nothing going on the ground. They pretty much abandoned their run game um, and, and Justin Herbert had you know he was under duress for a good part of the game so um, you know the hard part is when you you play I mean the players played hard. They went out there and played their butts off. You wouldn't know if uh, y- you know if they're sitting with one loss or, or they're sitting with seven losses coming into this game. They they played like they are fighting for a playoff opportunity, um, and they fought. You know the 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 thing that continues to bite this team in the butt is um, just a, a lack of execution, um, situational football, um, because they had a lot of opportunities to put this game away. Um, And They just couldn't, on offense, execute a four-minute drill in that fourth quarter. Um, Could not get a first down when they needed it the most, and like you said, the defense just couldn't come up with a stop when they had to.
2: Three straight three and outs after taking the lead 24-17, Drew, and that's what everyone is going to remember the most. To Kyle's point, yeah, there was a lot of positives in this game, a lot of good performances Yet you are judged by wins and losses and this team does not have as many wins as they do losses and you look at how that game finished. The inability to get at least eight first down to take more time off the clock.
4: Yeah, I mean that was a very winnable game from the onset, right? You saw that a team come out, they executed their game plan in the first half. They did a great job of establishing the run. James Conner did look like the James Conner we expected to see all season long. The guy that we saw last year of putting his head down, running between the tackles and that's what a allowed everything to open up that first half and you want to be able to lean on that in the second half that's what we saw last year a team that could close out games in a four minute situation we're going to line up and we're going to run the football and you're not going to stop us and they weren't able to do that for a multitude of reasons and that's why they ended up losing it's a full 60 minute game and they were all the way in the driver's seat till the very end uh, until 15 you know, seconds left and weren't able to get it done and unfortunately you look back and you are going to highlight the those three three and outs that really put you behind the eight ball even the one I think there was 219 left and they gave him ball back with the two minute that's just inexcusable from a player standpoint and it's inexcusable from a coaching standpoint and uh, again you give this offense a young quarterback and all of that that much time left with a timeout still at his disposal and you just feel like oh man what's going to happen and this is a team that didn't go out and win a football game they just tried to hold on for dear life and not lose one
2: it was officially a 31-second possession, but you talk about the two-minute warning, and then they went and punted the football. So really the offense on the field for only 19 seconds on that 2nd to last drive, just not executing in crunch time, which Kelvin Beecham talked about postgame.
5: I think in the most critical moments of the game, not executing and not putting ourselves in a position to close the game out. We had two opportunities there in the fourth quarter, I think with four minutes to go, and then again before the two-minute warning, uh, where we had a chance to close the game out offensively, and uh, I think that's what's most disheartened about this.
2: The lack of positive yards or a strong first down on those last two drives that Beecham is talking about, Drew. It sets up second and long, and then there's a drop, or a misplay, and now you're looking at third and long, and you're going backwards instead of forwards, and then, whether you believe it or not, the idea of momentum, everything pointed in the Chargers' direction.
4: Yeah, it shifts, and look, if you have one three and out, so be it. When you have three three and outs, that's problematic, and that's unfortunately what contributed to them losing, is not being able to close that game out, and, and, you know, because it's probably fresh in everyone's mind of that that Seattle game, you think about what they did on first down, the play-action of putting the ball in Geno Smith's hand, slipping him out in the flats, and all of a sudden you flip field position and you do all these things. Again, you can sit back and you can judge and second-guess everything because it didn't work. You want to be able to establish a run. You had, had established the run uh, to be able to do that, and you would love to be able to just get it rolling uh, or be able to, to do some different things, and it just didn't work out. Uh, that being said, that's the NFL. That's what it comes down to. The margin of error is so small. All of these games are coming down to a play or two in the last couple of minutes in the game. And unfortunately, this team has not been able to step up to the challenge.
2: 25-24, Cardinals lose the Chargers. Let's hear from quarterback Kyler Murray on what didn't happen on Sunday.
5: Just knew you were going to win that one. You know, felt like you were going to win that game. Um, You know, we uh, played well until the fourth quarter and those drives where we needed it the most, we didn't make it happen. And that's, you know, it's, it's on us.
2: Always comes down to a handful of plays, Kyle, and then you look at the plays that the Cardinals did not get. The fumble recovery, the interception, and then the Cardinals, on the other hand, did fumble the ball, did have an interception. You're minus two in the turnover battle. Even though you still had an opportunity to win that ball game, the Cardinals missed two opportunities
3: based off of replay review, yet at the same time, you cannot turn the ball over yourself. No, you're exactly right. That's the story of so many football games, especially like Drew was talking about. I think uh, this NFL season, there's a record for games that are won or lost by one score margins, and and you just got to uh, be good in those closing moments. I mean, this team. Uh, I mean, even coming out of the half. Um, you're looking at a James Conner 18-yard run a Kyler Murray or it was Kyler Murray 18 James Conner 20 and you're like man they just can they can do what they want against this defense and and they could for 3 quarters and then they score a go ahead touchdown 13-31 and they don't get a first down in their next four possessions and and to me the key and we talked about this last week with this team is uh staying ahead of the chains and uh, you know, through three quarters, they were averaging about six yards on first down. And then their last four possessions, they were in second and eleven, second nine, second and ten, second and ten, and and then you're chasing. and then you're um, you're unable to, you know execute your full offense and and really control uh, the pace of the game like you had the rest of the game. And whatever happened at that point, um it just kind of snowballed because the defense couldn't get a stop, offense couldn't get the first downs and and the chargers took advantage of it.
2: Cardinals outgained the Chargers 366 to 311, with Kyler Murray counting for 247 of those yards, 191 through the air, 56 on the ground. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on QB1.
3: I thought he played at a high level. I thought he was really efficient, he used his legs when he had to, accurate in the passing game for the most part, and so it gave us a chance to win. Just like I said, there at the end, we got to be better uh, closing out the game.
2: Saw for the first time DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field for the first time this season. We'll touch more on that as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. But you're getting healthier at your wide receiver spots. But then again, you didn't have a Rondell Moore. You didn't have Greg Dortch. We learned over the weekend, Drew, that DJ Humphreys is going to miss the rest. Or was placed on IR. Learned on Monday, he's going to miss the rest of the season with a back issue. So you're getting some pieces but then at the same time you're still losing pieces
4: yeah I mean look the two most important pieces are, are your quarterback obviously your franchise quarterback and your marquee wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins I think you saw somebody like Hollywood Brown that could fill a role to a certain extent but over the last course of, the, of this season uh, DeAndre Hopkins I believe is leading the league in yards or catches or you know he, he is a bona fide difference maker where Hollywood Brown is a great wide receiver and getting them both on the field together is huge but you You're going to have some attrition. Obviously, the offensive line is notable how much they have been decimated. Um, Guys like Rondell Moore that have been in and out of the lineup, Greg Dortch, again, you want to be able to get some of these guys practice time because that's where you create continuity. That's where you make corrections. That's where you do all these things. And we've talked about this team in the past of the importance of those things and how it shows itself on the field right, wrong, or indifferent, good, or bad when they are doing things the way they should be doing it. Again, this was a team that went out there in a very winnable game and did a lot of really good things. But you've got to go out and finish the game, and that's offensively and defensively.
2: So you go into the bye week now, Kyle, 4-8. and Kingsbury has given the team the entire week off, which he has done in years past. So this is an opportunity now, one, to get healthy, or at least try to get healthy for some of those players that have been out Byron Murphy among them. We'll see what happens with him when the team reconvenes a week from Monday. And then also to work on some things because you do have five games left, five opportunities to put some good film out there, whether it means anything this season or not as far as the playoff picture is concerned. But you're fighting for your job, whether here or somewhere else.
3: No, you're absolutely right. Um, Again, I think the thing I loved about this game was just the physicality, the mentality, the energy that uh, the Cardinals played with on both sides of the ball you know the issue continues to be execution and it's something um, you know whether it be the plays called or just the players and how they execute um, that needs to improve going forward you know uh, this last clip about Kyler Kyler played a good game he was decisive he got the ball out quickly uh, spread the ball around early um, you know bought time with his legs and you know he you you wouldn't know that he was coming off of a hamstring injury. he's still got some things that he needs to work on um his his down the field accuracy is still off a little bit. it's not where it was in the past he Tried to work it deep to Hollywood Brown a couple of times and and didn't give him a chance because the ball was out of bounds. Um, you did still have uh, to burn a timeout um, so that the play clock didn't run out. You know, those things uh, we need to clean up here these last five weeks, what you want to see going forward. Um, both offensively and defensively is a complete game because that is one thing we haven't seen. I mean, we've won some games, we played well, but there's still stretches throughout the course of a game where there's just that inconsistency with the execution. You know, early in the season it was early in games, and now recently it's been the you know late in the games, just falling off a little bit, particularly these last two games. So um, what you just need to see is that execution through four quarters. It is a four quarter game, and the Cardinals on Sunday only played three quarters or
2: a little bit more than three quarters. They lose 25 24. Episode 50 of the Day Pash Podcast, featuring Cardinals radio analyst Ron Wolfley, is available now. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Hash Pod. The Run Game. First time. I think really all season we saw James Connor look like James Connor from a year ago. We'll touch on what he did, what the offensive line did, despite missing four starters on the line. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayle, Drew Stanton, and Kav Anabosch here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: off James Conner running to the left, got a hole, 25-30, 35-40, dragged down at the 41. Boy, that's as big of a hole as we've seen open up for the Cardinals this year on the run. James Conner, the lone back, Murray hands it to him, off the left side, through a crease at the 50, 45-40, and down to the 37 of the Chargers. So 20 more yards on the ground.
0: Well, Asante Samuel Jr. came up, the cornerback. And suddenly he realized that he was one-on-one with James Conner on the outside and thought he was going to get his doorbell rung. James Conner went right by him with a nice little juke. 18 yards, 8, 7,
2: 8, and 6. The first five carries for James Conner, who finished with a season-best 120 yards on the ground. His first 100-yard game with the Arizona Cardinals. And it just was phenomenal, the first three quarters. And then for whatever reason, he and the rest of the offense unable to get a first down those last three possessions. But we can talk about that run game. And you love stats, Drew. And I'm going to give you that stat of 30 or more rushing attempts. The Cardinals rushed it 34 times, yet unable to come away with a win. They are now 1-1 one one when they get that 30 rush attempt mark this season.
4: Yeah, well, you know, again, the game plan to come out and establish the run the way that they did to impose their will early on it and kind of set the tempo of what the game was going to be. I loved that approach because that just opens everything up, especially when you have success where you can get those chunk runs and you can consistently establish these runs and get it going. And really, that that helps a running back get in the flow of the game. Right? You look at some of these things and uh, the the first fifteen, Cliff does a great job of trying to distribute the ball to different things, but the mentality and the approach this week was vast different. I I thought it was fantastic from the standpoint of that because you want to see James Conner get going. Uh, We've talked about the emotion that he brings to this, the emotional leader of setting that tempo, that that blue-collar mentality that he has, and that just lent into what this team can be, and it opens up the passing game, Uh, and really, that's something that you want to see moving forward, because he has the capability of doing that. You saw a guy look vastly different than we saw against the San Francisco 49ers, maybe because he just smelled blood in the Water, You know, he could he understood that there was a lot to be had out there and everybody was well aware of them averaging, I think, five and a half yards per carry is what they were giving up. So uh, a running back salivating at that point, you've got to be able to to continue to do that against better football teams. And you've got to be able to do that because then also dictate dictates coverage of what you're going to see. And then you add in the dimension of Kyler Murray, some of the runs the creativity in the run game I think was fantastic of what you're seeing and some of the things they're doing because it's going to then be able to build off of that the next week of what you put on film with the play-action game with all of these things and that's really where you want to build having these pieces finally in place because they have not been there all season uh, of getting the arrow pointing up for you know a week-to-week basis as you close this thing out
2: it was against one of the worst run defenses in the league at the same time you have to execute and we hear James Conner get Gets better as the game goes on but Kyle we saw James Conner just come out of the gates and credits to the offensive line which I do want to address but James Conner able to find the holes find the openings and not just get to the second level he was getting to the third level a lot in that first half
3: yeah the run lanes were were huge and and To Drew's point, the creativity of the run game. There was very few run plays that were blocked the same. I mean, there was pullers going all directions. Sometimes you'd log the in man on the line of scrimmage. Sometimes you'd kick him out. Um, They did a good job of mixing it up. Steve Hayden stepped in as the run game coordinator, and um, you know, it just it looked different. It it looked like they were much more confident. And again, a tremendous credit to. The guys that are filling in on that offensive line because they did, you know, they did a fantastic job of opening up holes. And you know, oftentimes, look, James Connor fought and and ran through arm tackles play after play, but oftentimes he wasn't touched until a linebacker or even a safety came up into the box and, and filled a hole. So um, you know, it was something that the Cardinals saw. But you know, this was one area of the game where through three quarters, they did a fantastic job of executing, getting a body on a body and just letting James Conner run run as hard as he can and, and create with the rest.
4: Yeah, and I think sometimes right, when you're trying to get into the flow of the game for an offensive lineman, it's so much easier in the run game because you're coming off the ball you know your assignment. In the pass game, when you got to sit there and you're kind of protecting sometimes these younger guys that are sitting there, they're more nervous about trying to pass protect them. I don't want to give up a sack. I don't want to do this. Coming off the ball, if they miss a block in the run game or something like that, they're coming off with their hair on fire. It's a completely different mindset, and I think that's something that gets lost in translation, but when you empower the offensive line, you say, you know what, We're this is our opening script, our first five plays, we're running the football because we trust you, we believe in you. Those guys get hyped up. They get excited about the thought process of that because they're like, okay, well, you know, whether it's a quick game or if it's a screen or something like that, it's so much easier from an offensive line standpoint of being able to fire off the ball and go get somebody as opposed to sitting there and trying to, you know, to negate what they're going to do against you.
2: I like what you said there. Empower the offensive line because it was a young O-line. Kelvin Beecham, the One true veteran, if you will, the only starter remaining on that O-line. He talked about how well the team ran until they didn't on Sunday.
5: I think we did a really good job of keeping their eyes dirty early uh, to be able to get the ball downhill, but actually keep their eyes going sideways. So I think we did a really good job in that particular regard. Uh, When we got late in the game, you know, they did a really good job of starting a stunt. They brought three on the line of scrimmage um, and, and put an extra guy in the box. And, you know, we just didn't make an adjustment fast enough to try to handle that. But, you know, all in all, I think we ran the ball extremely well. But when we needed to handle the game and close the game out in the most critical moments of the game, we didn't do so.
2: It was the eighth different offensive line combination as Max Garcia got the starts at right guard, the third different right guard to start a game this season. And then you had backups the rest of the way. As I mentioned, Kelvin Beecham, the only starter left on that O-line. And yeah, a lot of moving parts within that O-line room over the last several days. Kyle, you brought up Steve Hayden taking over the offensive line and the run game coordinator. Kingsbury mentioned that it's kind of a group Efforts, but it is Hyden who has a big impact in that prep. Kingsbury discussed the run game prep
3: ahead of the Chargers game. I thought the O-line did a nice job. Steve Hayden who stepped in, Brian Ackham, I thought they had a good plan, and uh, we were just executing at a high level. Uh, and then I thought they made some adjustments. you got to tip your hat to the Chargers and, and how they handled the second half.
2: 25 rush attempts by James Conner, 34 for the game. But Kyle, maybe hindsight always twenty-twenty. Could there have been 26, 27, 28 rushing attempts? You look at that fourth and one in the second quarter or late in the game, why not run the ball a little bit more because it was so successful?
3: Yeah, you're right. Um, You know, I I think to me that's the one thing if you could go back and change. uh, It's just late in the game. Um, I, I realize you were trying to work some of the short passing game. They're taking away some of the things in the run game, but you just had to chew up some clock. Um, you know, the defense looked like for the second game in a row, they were really worn out at late in the game. And, you know, you have a reason in Mexico City, but the reason in this one was just the quick three and outs. And, you know, having been a defensive player, you get a big stop, you make a big play, you get the ball back in your offensive hands. And if it's a quick three and out, it's just so deflating, especially late in that fourth quarter. Um, it, you know, but again, hats off to this group. Um, you know, it's to me, uh, you know, you, you, Don't pay attention to the numbers that are on the field. This is the most physical and best execution that the offensive line, particularly in the run game, and even in the pass game. I mean, you look at the post game stats. um, You know, Kyler Murray was sacked once and and hit one other time. Um, You know, they played a great all around game. It's just, uh, you know, again, you just lament that they just couldn't keep. Pounding it at them in the fourth quarter to protect their lead, and um, you know, with with the backups in and, and the change with the in the O line room, um, if there's any group that that really stepped up this game, it was that offensive line, and hats off to them for their performance.
2: Cardinals averaged better than five yards a carry on Sunday, but we keep going back to how the game finished. Kelvin Beecham post game, with some rather eye-opening comments about how the game finished
5: at the end of the day it's, a, it's all about the turnover battle and we had two turnovers and uh you're not supposed to win if you have two turnovers but even in spite of that as as you know stupid as we played today uh, we set out an opportunity to close the game out and we didn't do so
3: stupid you, you didn't like the football iq not at all how so
5: i mean there's opportunity again to close the game out with drives in the fourth quarter uh, and offenses that are of, of playoff caliber are able to do so and we didn't do that today.
2: I want to get both of your comments on that because if there is one voice in that offensive room that I'll listen to the most it's Kelvin Beecham. It's Bud Baker on the defense Kelvin Beecham on the offensive side but Drew to hear him say stupid football and he was pressed by Paul Calvisi did not give specific examples but What do you think he meant by that as far as the execution or the play calling? What made him use that phrase?
4: Well, I think a lot of it just boils down to execution, right? Uh, If you know you're going to do it, it's imposing your will, like they did in that first opening drive of saying, okay, this is the type of game it's going to be. And I would even contend they were minus three in the turnover battle because we look back at that fourth down conversion that didn't happen, and on third down, you know, you have a chance to get the first down. And sometimes we look back at that fourth and one and say, well, why is he throwing it deep here? What's going on? And everything's a little helter skelter. That third and one, they realistically should have gotten the ball there. Um, you know, you give the ball to James Conner, and as opposed to having, you know, Khalil Mack in a wide nine, and that's an automatic give from a quarterback standpoint. And I don't even know how to do zone reads. I, but in saying that, sometimes that third and one leads into the fourth and one and then you turn over the ball right there at that portion so all of these things go into it, yes we highlight the end portion of the game or we highlight the turnovers or we conveniently manipulate stats to be the way we want to be, it's about the guys that are on the field executing the play that's called and sometimes Kyler has the freedom of doing that, we don't know the freedom of those last three drives that he didn't have success on or what he could have or could have done differently, he knows that but hopefully the corrections are made so next time the opportunity presents itself they go out and close the game out, and they end the game with the football in their hands.
2: Speaking of Kyle Murray, his thoughts on how that game finished on Sunday.
5: I mean, we practiced that stuff. I mean, I mean there's there's really no excuse for um, our last three drives. No excuse, you know. I think we got you know we, we got the players. There's there's no excuse for you know um, not finishing that game on our terms, not having to put the defense back out there. They did their job, you know. They did their job, uh, and you know we we don't get a first down. We don't run the clock. That's tough. you put them back, you know put them back on the field like that.
2: Going back to Beecham's postgame comments, Kyle, what did you make of what
3: he had to tell Paul? I think it's frustration. Um, it, you know the the tough thing with this team is it seems to be different things most week, uh, most weeks, I'm sorry, but um, it's it's not consistently the same issue over and over. It's not consistently the same player. Um, you know there's lapses and that's it's it's a, a part of it is you know injuries and backups coming in and getting them up to speed and getting some of the backups to understand uh, how to perform consistently um, and some of it is just um, again situational football and that is the tough part it's it's part of being a professional in this league if you just got brought up and and you're you know you're new to the team it's your responsibility it's the coach's responsibility to get you up to speed because you can't Continually have one player or one mishap here um, that that is killing plays, killing drives, and costing you games. So, um, you know, I think to me, you know, again, the challenge going forward for this team to finish off the season on a bright spot is to play consistent football and to consistently execute to come out fast, get the lead, and figure out how to keep that lead when you're in the second half.
2: Well, they've got time to work on it this week more about the rest the mental recovery and then next week when they return on the field ahead of that game against the patriots work on some of that late game situational football so this team can turn it around here over these last five games we've hit halftime here on the cardinals red sea report presented by seat geek your ticket to great seats when we come back the defense played well until that final drive but some good moments some good pressure on Justin Herbert as well. They say sacks come in bunches. They did for the defense on Sunday. Alongside Drew Stanton and Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We do it each and every Tuesday, 11 a.m. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Is Allen right to left Herbert takes the snap play fake boot to the right Herbert being chased throw right caught by Eckler he hits the pylon touchdown he hit the pylon as he was getting tackled by Isaiah Simmons and they're actually going to keep the offense on the field to go for two to try to win the game how about that Herbert waiting takes the shotgun snap back to throw fires to the right caught by Everett for two points in the end zone the Chargers take the lead 25-24, 15 seconds left, and one timeout remaining for the Cardinals who need a miracle. Oh, my goodness.
2: Defense had stopped the Chargers three straight possessions, held them to a field goal to open the second half, but when it mattered most with a minute 48 left to go in one timeout, the Chargers go 38 yards on seven plays in a minute 33. Justin Herbert to Austin Eckler for the touchdown. Justin Herbert to Gerald Everett for the two-point conversion. Chargers win 25-24. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. As we take a look at that last sequence, Kyle, as a defensive player amongst the three of us, and I'm not even including myself amongst the <laughs> offense or defense, but just <clears throat> what you saw,
3: whether it was the touchdown or the two-point conversion. Um. You know, both were an issue for me. Um, look, um, Isaiah Simmons is a special player with special talent. It appeared like um, you know his eyes betrayed him, possibly on both. Um, and even going back to the DeAndre Carter touchdown, where there was a there was a bust. It looked like that was Isaiah Simmons that should have ran with him. Um, it, you know, it's it's kind of been his um, Achilles' heel throughout his career is where he will be consistent through. Uh, most of the game and then just have that one bust and he needs to continue to work on his coverage Um, you know to me especially the two-point conversion was and Drew can probably speak more on this than I can but it it was just too easy you can't give up that type of play I mean it was just an easy pitch and catch for Justin Herbert so um, you know again the defense um, played really well throughout most of the game Um, it's just these lapses and um, you know, it, I, I felt like they had a good game plan. I felt like they played physically. They played, controlled the line of scrimmage through most of the game. Um, just uh, you know, just like we talked with the offense, they couldn't get that big stop when they needed it. Um, and that's a tough way to go out uh, because, um, to me, you know, look, losing stinks. Uh, it, it stinks that next week. It's it's hard to get over it. Um, it's part of being a professional. The the ones where you control the game, where you had an opportunity, where you lose it late are much tougher to deal with because you everything's under a microscope you know there's a couple dozen plays that could have flipped this game in the Cardinals um, favor and you know particularly late in that game you're going to look at those plays and and look at what went wrong and it it appears again like it was just a lack of execution maybe a wrong step here maybe your eyes are in the wrong place for a split second and Justin Herbert um, you know as a franchise quarterback, did what franchise quarterbacks do with late in games and, and made the plays that they needed to make. The play design and then the play
2: execution on that two-point try, and I've seen it a number of times and how it's been diagrammed and where you're supposed to be, but to Kyle's point, that was too easy of a two-point try.
4: Well, I think it was too easy of a two-point try because you're going up against a good offense that got you exactly where they wanted you knowing what you're going to do schematically defensively. I mean, again, to motion the the back from the other side of the field to come across and just give him a little bit of eye trouble to take his eyes off of what's going on and the horizontal stretch that it creates of saying oh man especially given what the touchdown that just happened to play before so again i think it's as much as what they did to scheme them up offensively of saying that because you know that they're going to try and in and out they're going to try and double different guys they might try and do that to austin eckler they're trying to create something to get your eyes away from where they're really trying to go you're not going to double a gerald Everett. you're not going to based off of you know keenan allen or, or austin eckler those are the guys you're going to try and double and when you're sitting there and there's no safety help there's nobody you're pushing them to or, or anything like that that, they did a tremendous job of unfolding with Keenan Allen to be able to do that. He takes all that off, and you've got a two-way go. You see that so well, and he just crosses his face. It's an easy completion because of what's going on. Yes, it's easy to point the finger at somebody like Isaiah Simmons and say, "Well, he just he dropped the ball there." You can see his eyes drift out to Austin Eckler and then try and get back inside. It was just a fantastic play call because of the way they unfolded it and the window dressing that they put on it.
2: Bud Baker was on the opposite side of where that play was happening. He was asked post-game what he saw from
6: his vantage point. Personally, I was in a situation where I'm uh, double teaming my the slot receiver to the right. Ball gets caught to the left. So for me, it's it's kind of like a broken record. I'm, if I'm on the right, it's going left. I'm on the left, it's going right, and it's it's kind of getting boring. But at the end of the day, I just got to continue to do my job.
2: Budabaker Baker does his job. The defense continued to do its job there in the fourth quarter, repeatedly asked to stop the Chargers' offense, and Buddha was asked again. The defense being asked to go back on the field so many times after what were quick offense possessions.
6: You know, I always try to preach to our guys, no matter where the ball is, our job as defensive players is to defend, whether that's on our own five-yard line or their own five-yard line. Uh, wherever we're at, wherever the ball is set, that's where we defend no matter what. And, uh, you know, that's the mindset each and every time we go out on that field. Lost in all of
2: this, Kyle, is the fact that this Cardinals team did pressure Justin Herbert and got to him a lot. Four sacks, 13 quarterback hits. The big sack by Isaiah Simmons, which you thought maybe was going to be the turning point in the second half. It was not. But J.J. Watt and Zach Allen continue from their defensive line position, not only get into the backfield, but finish in the backfield as far as sacks are concerned.
3: Yeah, those two in particular um, just continued to play really well. Zach Allen, late in the game, um, was was unblockable. Um, he was back there consistently, getting pressure, getting hits, getting getting a sack. Um, you know, JJ Watt continues to move and be utilized at every position on the defensive line. I mean, his sack came off of a speed rush from a from an edge rush position. Um, something you wouldn't normally expect from a guy who's close to 300 pounds. Um, and, you, you know, there's there's some bright spots on this defense. You're seeing Cam Thomas get a sack. You're seeing MyJ Sanders get his highest snap count of the season, continue to be productive. Um, it, you know, the, it, the frustrating part for me um, is really these last two games – the defense just looked gassed i mean they played 64 snaps on defense um really other than um their touchdown drive there there wasn't any sustained drives that kept the defense on the field for a prolonged period of time I think Vance Joseph does a good job of rotating players Um, and and you know by my estimation that's probably why they went for the two-point conversion late in the game they saw a defense that was tired a defense that was on their heels and and when you get tired um, you need to be able to continue to focus and continue to execute uh, regardless but to me there's um, there's excuses and there's reasons for just about everything uh, but for the defense to um, just look like they were gassed at the end of these last two games to me that's a problem
2: heard that. A couple of different times this season, the defense being on the field too much. Vance Joseph, though, says, and we heard Buda Baker earlier here, Drew, it doesn't matter how many times we're asked, that's our job to do. Yet at the same time, I'm sure whether they're saying it privately or amongst themselves in position rooms or meeting rooms, it's it's got to wear on you not only physically, to Kyle's point, but mentally as well.
4: Yeah, well, I think, you know... The biggest thing that you can see in this team, right, is just the sometimes when things don't go well, that body language. And uh, you know, Bertrand talked about it before of the body language is so important on the sidelines. And even that last one, right, where they score t- the touchdown, they get the two point conversion. There's still 15 seconds left to go win a football game. You've got Matt Prater who's got a strong leg. You can do all of these things. That team seemed like they didn't even have the mindset to go out there and want to try and go win a football game. And that's what's more concerning to me. Yes, the defense was put behind the eight ball and all of these things and conditioning is one thing but you've got to take it personal from your side of the ball. You've got to take it personal from your standpoint as a position group to be able to go out there and help and play for the person next to you. And defensively, uh, you can see and you can hear the anguish in Buddha Baker's voice when he talks about how painful this is. Of like, okay, they're going it from me. Yeah, people are going to throw away from you, Buddha. They don't want to throw at you, or they understand that you're trying to, try to double team the best guys, and we're trying offensively to negate what you guys do best. So we're looking for those one-on-one matchups. We're looking for you guys to get your eyes in the wrong place and be able to do that and throw that again there was still even a short field right they went 38 yards for the touchdown is that what it was i mean for a long return plus a five-yard penalty on special teams so exactly for any quarterback in the nfl to go 38 yards with that much time left and a timeout in their pocket i would expect an offense to be at an extreme advantage in this league and that's hard on a defense again but that's your job description. That's what you're required to go out and do. And it's somebody making an extra effort play, something going above and beyond, to Kyle's point, of making the focus a priority in what you need to do within the framework of that. Because in the waning moments of that game, this looked like a team that not only defensively didn't know what was going on, offensively was lost as well.
2: One more from Buddha Baker as far as now where this team goes. His message to his teammates for the final five games.
6: Rest, rejuvenate, recover, be with your families. And, but at the end of the day, when it's time to work, we work at work. And we got five more opportunities. Take the best of those opportunities because, you know, this, this league stands for not for long. And we got five more opportunities to play some good football. And uh, that's the plan that we're going to do.
2: Cardinals did respond after the tough loss in Mexico City. Now the question is, how do they respond, not just after a bye week, but after losing to the Chargers? A crushing defeat in the last seconds. We will wait and see because the Cardinals do not play again until Monday night, December 12th, when they host the New England Patriots. Arizona Cardinals single-game tickets are available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. Mentioned it off the top. First time DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field together this season. We'll talk about their performance on Sunday. Yes, it came in a loss, but it certainly looks very, very good. Can it be sustained? Can it be improved upon over these last five games and into next season as well? It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: third down and six at the LA 34. Chargers showing blitz, they back off, Murray back to pass, Flag down, Pass over the middle, caught at the 20 and a broken tackle, Hop is loose at the 10, at the 5 and into the end zone for the touchdown. This will likely stand, it looked like the Chargers were offside. Again, Murray getting rid of it quickly, being decisive and letting his playmaker do the rest, The 34-yard catch and run for a score
0: by Hop. DeAndre Hopkins over the middle of the field. Great job by Kyler Murray, standing tall in the pocket and delivering a strike to DeAndre Hopkins. And as he does so much of the time, he runs after the catch, man. He's slippery. Broke a tackle at the 20
2: and went the rest of the way for the touchdown. That put the Cardinals in front, 7 to nothing. They would go on to lose, though. Falling into the Chargers 25 24. But as we talked about here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, first time DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field at the same time this season. Combined, 10 catches for 133 yards, a touchdown on 14 targets. You could argue that they should have been targeted more, especially late in that game. But Kyle, as you look back when you saw Hollywood and D Hop on the field, and we did see D Hop move quite a bit, left, right, inside of Hollywood, especially on that touchdown. What do you think?
3: I think it looked good. I'm excited about where this is headed. Like you said, um, you know, ideally you're, you're looking in the 20s at, at total targets between the two because they are such a huge factor. I mean, the things DeAndre Hopkins can do, um, I mean, uh, even that catch he made, that one-handed catch, He's just phenomenal. He's got such a huge catch radius. And they both do a really good job of understanding coverages, of, of finding um, the weak spots and zones and, and sitting down. They, they both have the trust of Kyler Murray. So, um, you, you know, you can expect this to look more dynamic going forward. This was the first game that they were ever on the field together. Um, again, you know, Kyler did – target Hollywood Brown deep a couple times. You can expect that to be a little bit more successful down the road as they continue to get that work together. Um, And and it's hard to not think that um, uh, part of James Conner's success and the success on the ground game was because um, the Chargers were so concerned about having these two dynamic receivers and and trying to account for them and, and how they were going to be involved in the offense. So um, it, you know it's it's it, it opens up everything when when you have I mean in in reality two number one receivers on the field that you have to contend with every single play that have the home run type ability that can um, make the plays that they make that it it opens up opportunities for everybody else.
2: What did you think, Drew? As far as as from the quarterback vantage point on having two number 1 wide receivers on
4: the field. Uh I mean it makes a huge difference, right? Because you're able to dictate coverage of what's going on especially, you know, as I would have imagined, you put D Hop on the inside, you let Hollywood be on the outside, and that's where you can create big plays on the inside, because you get a two-way go, you get all these things. I thought Cliff did a great job of you know, putting together a game plan, and again, this is just the beginning of what it can look like in all together, these working pieces, and even more so when you get Rondell Moore back out there, because he has his pieces that he can add to that, too, as well, or if it's Greg Dortch, that, that kind of scat-back type of a guy that you can bring out of the backfield, that you can give quick screens to and get him on the move uh, that can turn into long catch and runs, especially when there's going to be so much effort put into trying to stop DeAndre Hopkins and trying to stop Hollywood Brown. That third or fourth option typically is the one that can surprise you and have huge days or be able to be different makers, especially in critical situations. That's what happened exactly to us on that two-point play, right? You're not thinking that Gerald Evers is going to be able to do that because... You're not putting all of your eggs in that basket to stop him and then creating that matchup. So that's something that you can lean on. And the more that you get them out there together, the more that you realize the trust that they can build and playing off of each other, right? When you can go in and out and you can be able to stack them and get them in different alignments, you motion them to the same side, you do all of these things, and you can get DeAndre Hopkins playing in unison with Hollywood Brown. The sky's the limit because of what they bring to the table, and you have them going, you know, deep at different times. You have them breaking off routes. You have them working together, and there's some chemistry there that they can create and helping one another out on top of helping out their quarterback.
2: Unfortunate that we had to wait until week 12 to see it. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on his top two pass catchers playing together.
3: There's some good stuff, Um, some things we'd like to have back, obviously, but um, I thought those guys played at a high level. They really complement each other well, and and we got to continue to uh, build that rapport with those two when they're out on the field together.
2: To your point, Drew, about that third pass catcher. Now, Rondell Moore did not play. Greg Dortch did not play. It was James Conner who was the second or the third leading receiver. Maybe not so much out of the running back, but another wide receiver to be that third wheel, if you will.
4: Yeah, or Trey McBride, right? Out of the tight end position, is that's where you would love to have a Zach Ertz right now. Obviously he's not going back, but Trey McBride shows that he can kind of help with that intermediate passing game. Being able to do that, if you are pushing it options deep, of being able to take some pressure off of him.
2: Real quick, Kyle, did you ever have a buy this late in a season?
3: No. Um, it stinks. It stinks with the injury position this team has been in, that they didn't have an opportunity earlier in the season to try to get some players healthy for a run. Um, but you, you, you play with the cards you're dealt, and, and here they are. So they need to get healthy, and they need to play well for the rest of the season.
2: No bye for us. We'll be back in one week's time. Special thanks behind the scenes. Jim Almohundro, Cody Fincher for Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandebosch. I'm Craig Riolu. This is the Arizona Cardinals
0: Radio Network.